Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Brooklyn Interview Series, Episode 2. My name Not is... Not necessarily good afternoon, anytime they're listening to it. That's the magic of podcasts. Well, yeah, but I want them to know that this was recorded in the afternoon. And it's in a perfect sunny afternoon here in Brooklyn, New York, just so you know. Fall has fallen upon us. Tyler, how you doing? Good. My name's Tyler Staten. I'm here with Caleb Clardy. We are the pastors. Of... I was about to say your name. Okay. You cut me off. Just you, you run with it. <laughs> we started the Brooklyn interview series uh, last week, actually, as a supplemental resource for what our two churches are covering on Sundays, Trinity Grace uh, Williamsburg and Trinity Grace Park Slope. And we wanted to have a venue where we could talk about uh, other stories from our city, from our neighborhoods, from people in our congregations um, that relate to the things we're talking about on Sunday, but are kind of more in-depth stories and cover cover some different ground. So last week we talked about um, how are you nourished by the Word of God and how do you approach it, how do you read it, and how does that translate into like actually getting into your bloodstream. And this week we want to take that one step further and, and talk about how do we respond to God? So, Tyler, uh, why don't you hit a little of, of where you guys ended on Sunday in Williamsburg? Yeah, so we're in the midst of a teaching series called Wellspring of Life. Where we're taking a really in-depth look at the parable of the sower. Um, this is one of Jesus' most well-known parables, and we're moving through it really slowly. And so we began just with the first soil last week, the seed that falls along the path. In this parable, the seed represents the Word of God. The soil represents the human heart. And the seed that falls along the path we called the hardened heart. And so we kind of ended with, well, what do you do for a hard heart? If you identify yourself as someone whose heart is callous towards God, what do you do? And the antidote to a hard heart is response. It is response to the word of God. Now we hear the voice of God in many ways. Hebrews chapter 3 tells us, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Mm. We hear the voice of God through his word. We hear the voice of God through his Holy Spirit. We hear the voice of God through... Uh, one another in Christian community. And so what we did was we just tried to end with really creating a sense of hunger for the voice of God and a sense of expectation for all that's possible for someone who hears the voice of God and responds in obedience, however big or small that step of obedience may be. Wow, that was fantastic. You nailed that. (laughs) When you hear the voice of God, Tyler, is it like James Earl Jones or is it Morgan Freeman? It's neither. I can't really get into the tone of voice that God has with me. All right. It's too deep. Yeah. I guess you're not even ready for it. It's not it's not comparable to a human voice. It's like the rushing of many waters. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, luckily, we don't have to tackle these challenging questions on our own this afternoon. Uh, we have Brittany Black Blackheader. Good <laughs> Apologies to Johnny if he listens to this podcast. Uh, Brittany is uh, a justice deacon at Trinity Grace Park Slope, and this is uh, full confession. We're we're about representing honesty and vulnerability here at the Brooklyn Interview Series. Uh, we were we were tried to record this podcast earlier this week, and right as we were starting to record it, uh, Brittany called, and uh, we we didn't take the call because we were starting to record, and and um, then eventually talked to her just a few minutes later and realized that um, what she was calling to talk about, and then a part of her story really relates to what we're trying to cover today. So Brittany agreed to come in and let us interview her uh, for for the podcast. And, and we're trying to answer two questions today. One is, how do you hear the voice of God? And what is responsiveness? What does responsiveness look like? So um, Brittany, maybe just to 
get started. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your your life in New York so far? Um, yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Caleb. Yes. <laughs> um, and Tyler. Um, I, my husband and I, um, and our two children moved here two years ago from London in the UK, and um, right now um, we spend a lot of our time with Johnny as a touring musician, and I am going to school for a master's program in early childhood, and um, am running an, a project called Mother to Mother in Sunset Park. Your husband's a, t- a touring musician. How, that seems like, and I know that you happen to have children, that seems like uh, a, a full life on its own. You're also studying to get a master's degree. How yeah. is it that you come to run an organization? And maybe tell us, what, what does Mother to Mother do? Yeah, um, it is, it's definitely a, a juggling act. Um, when, but when Johnny's here, he is really involved. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a good balance. Um, we, um, the, yeah, how did I come about doing it? Mother to mother? Yeah. Um, it was, um, like Tyler said, it was, uh, really a response to God. It was, uh, um, something that, a uh, part of a vision that I had carried over from London, um, about, um, knowing that I wanted to work with an immigrant community, but really had no understanding beyond that. Um, about Brooklyn's neighborhoods or dynamics or where we would end up, um, let alone what church we would end up in. So um, it's sort of been a long um, step-by-step journey of just um, of, of really listening to the voice of God. And um, it started with um, coming into Park Slope, into Trinity Grace, and um, having just feeling a sense of home there right away. And, um, and from there, just praying with Johnny, um, you know, different nights about, uh, what, what, it, what it meant, what, why we were here, um, beyond, um, just the music connection and being close to London still. So, um, as we were praying, we just got a huge heart for the Hispanic community and, um, and began weeping, which I don't normally do. <laughs> not not a common weeper, um, <laughs> but and just just got God's heart on on this community um, mm. that is sitting next door to Park Slope. Um, and can I, yeah. I want to ask you a question about that because I talk to a fair amount of people who moved to New York, and I haven't talked to very many who've, who've said, you know, I've been here for a few years, and I have a burden on my heart to pray for this particular Mm. community and its set of struggles in in the city um yeah and new york is challenging enough uh, you know for people who are who are moving in and trying to establish Mm. life here so can you just talk about how that burden developed i know you said you were praying but even just that like were there roots that you saw connected to it or or how did how would you say you began to discern this is what god wants me to Mm. care about um, I, I've spent, um, previously to moving here, I've worked a lot with vulnerable women specifically, um, but a lot of refugees or, um, street workers and just all sorts of dynamics. But I think, um, I think that one of the, maybe when you have a burden and it's from God, it actually brings more life 
than hardship. Mm. And so I think even coming here and um, as we began to discern what what was next for me specifically, as I had done a lot of um, just just had stepped back for Johnny um, and had been looking after our kids full time. Um, I could just, I just had a sense of a new season hmm. coming. Um, yeah, so we, so uh, I would say that often it can come with just uh, thoughts that you continually are getting about. Um, it was, it even started with feeling like I should teach English as a second language, which I hadn't done before. Um, and that just kept coming into my head. Okay, like, so you're, like, this is what I want to zero in on because yeah. I know that for many, myself and uh, lots of other people who are followers of Jesus, mm. there's some level of a challenge of discerning between what's my own thoughts versus sure. what's God's. Yeah. How what do you do? You have a process, or how do you how do you d- tell the difference? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. I think um, I think that's a really important question. <laughs> um, uh, I I feel like in honesty, it's it's been a lot of practice, a lot of years of, um, I guess. I didn't grow up in any sort of church that believed in prophecy or hearing the voice of God um, in this sort of way. So um, it wasn't something I grew up with, Um, although I would say it was still a part of me, even as a kid. Hmm. I just didn't know what it was. Um, And then um, I think if you're in a in a safe and trusted environment where people are are mentoring and practicing this, um, which we were in London and and also in Australia, um, you just, you start to, to, um, you just, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but you often get a picture or a word, um, that, that you would normally never conjure. So, you know, um, it, it was something that just came out of left field for me. Like I, I didn't want to work with women, just women. I didn't want to, um, teach English. Those weren't my original thoughts on moving here. Right. Um, and then just, I think often connected to that is just this passion or this, um, not nagging, but sometimes it is a nagging that you just can't leave. It so won't you leave you. So you repeated thought in your mind. I'm not sure why, but I feel a sense I'm supposed to work with mm-hmm. teaching English as a second language in right. Sunset Park. And there was yeah. a neighborhood associated with it. So Right. And a quick follow-up to that because yeah. I, I, I I want to acknowledge that you know there are people in our city and our churches who are going to be approaching hearing from God in a very mm. in very different ways and from very different traditions. Mm. So if someone, I've had this said to me, someone says I, I love God, I really mm-hmm. want to know God more, but I don't, I can't think of ever having an experience where God spoke to me. Right. So they hear someone in church describe that and mm. and they're put off in some way, like sure. man, there's some. Where's the distance? Yeah, why am I not experiencing that? Yeah, I think um, I think that that could be a whole workshop or like a um, a whole class probably on that. Um, But I would say that I I think they are hearing from God. I think it's just um, maybe not understanding what that feels like or um, sounds like. Um, I I don't think God discriminates who He talks to. and I, I feel like it can often, though, um, pain can be a big um, hindrance or um, doubt or unforgiveness, um, sort of the things that can be barriers in our life in general, I yeah. think, can also come in when we're 
Tyler, it looks like you have something you could weigh in on this, actually. Yeah, I had a mentor of mine once say something that I found really helpful about hearing the voice of God. He talked about it as strengthening a prophetic muscle. Mm-hmm. And I said, if you're not ever strengthening a particular muscle, you shouldn't expect to be able to use it effectively. Yeah. And so he challenged me um, to take five minutes every morning and say, God, is there anything you want to reveal to me to use in this day? And then if something came into my mind, even if it was mm-hmm. just like a random thought yeah. that I could somehow justify away, like, oh, that's only jumping in my mind because of this or that, to, tr- to trust it enough to test it mm. during that day, yeah. to follow through on saying something to someone in particular, to wh- whatever that's it right. was, um, yeah. to be obedient to it. And what I have found is just like that practice caused me to begin to tune my ear to what is God's voice and what are my thoughts and testing through obedience, strengthen that muscle to where you're more in tune with the voice of the Holy Spirit. So if there's anyone at our churches that doesn't know where to start, I would say start there. Strengthen a prophetic muscle mm-hmm. five minutes a day. Just, yeah. just silence before God asking him to speak to you. Yeah. yeah. And I'll just chime in because you, you flew through them in the beginning. But I think those different ways God speaks is important to highlight. You know, you, when you come to the scriptures, you know you're on solid ground and the, the Holy Spirit inspired these words and and has the ability to highlight something in them when you mm-hmm. come back to them. Brittany, you mentioned having a sense or a picture come into your mind as yeah. you're praying. Maybe mm-hmm. it's, you, you said, Tyler, community. There's things that keep coming up in your, your circle of relationships yeah. that begin mm-hmm. to seem like, hey, maybe this is something God's emphasizing. Yeah, I think um, to, I would say two things to that. There was, for me, was starting um, Mother to Mother, which mainly educates um, and empowers um, mothers in the community um that there was such a clear picture i didn't we were so new here and i didn't realize that sunset park was the second largest immigrant population in brooklyn so um sort of lots more was i understood a lot more as i went on um yeah. but there was this very clear picture of where it was meant to start and as i had talked about earlier we had I had been offered really early on a completely different space that had school rooms and um, was attached to a different um, community. And I just continually just felt not to do that because it wasn't in line with the picture that I had kept praying and feeling over and over. So you're relatively new to New York. You're praying with your husband <laughs> about where you're where you're meant to um, to serve and connect and get engaged in the city. You have this particular population in a particular neighborhood. You begin exploring it. And, and I don't know, I, there's something that I think important connected to. If you just dismiss it as that's crazy, you know, like what business do we have doing that yet? Then you don't right. get to the clarity that comes later. But yeah. you go down the road a little bit. You find out that this actually, the need is even greater than maybe you at first imagined. Yeah, for sure. And someone offers you a space to do the thing that was in your heart, but it's just not in that neighborhood. And you, you said, okay, we're not going to take this free space. Right. And I, I had felt, I felt really bad because it was all, it, it was all a good connection and great people. Um, but it just didn't, didn't sit right. And, um, I was going to say what the other thing is that God often brings confirmation with prophetic words or responding to him. Um, and, uh, so I, the next week, like, I just randomly called this nonprofit that was, like, literally in the, in the picture of where I felt to start this. And I didn't know it was there. It doesn't have a, it doesn't have a sign. 
It's like on the side of the building. Can you just say a tiny bit more? You had a picture of where to start this. Yeah, so I just I kept having a sense that it should be next to the cemetery. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, which is the which is the border of Sunset Park and Park Slope. Um, because the whole goal is to bridge community yeah. um, between neighborhoods. So, and between um, the living and the dead. And the dead. And so that was a great start. It was a graveyard. <laughs> um, and when I went in, um, Eduardo was, um, at the time, was the director. And he said, wow, this is so funny. Um, because we were just saying that we needed more women empowerment programs. So, no way. Um, so he was, he was not... I don't know if he's a Christian, but he he wasn't coming at it from a faith standpoint, and um, he was also really surprised at the timing of it. So, um, and then for the last two years, they've offered their space to us uh, rent free. So, Whoa. yeah, and right in the zone that you thought you right. were going to be in. Yeah, yeah. So, wow, yeah, <laughs> that's good. Pretty good, right? <laughs> Every time God speaks to you, it will resolve in, in just this incredible of a story. So just press in, guys. If you want free rent, just listen to the voice of God. It's been super easy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I can relate to what you said about I wouldn't categorize myself as like, oh, coming to tears over something is an easy state for me to arrive right. at. But you're praying about this thing. seems kind of unexpected. God's laying it on your heart. Mm-hmm. And then your emotions follow. Like you're broken mm-hmm. for this, yeah. this situation. And you start teaching ESL classes in this room that's kind of miraculously offered to you <laughs> rent-free. And what happens after well, that? Yeah, so I then I realized I didn't have anybody to help me. Because um, <laughs> I didn't think it... I just, you know, every step is, is a big step of faith. So yeah. I think that's important to say is, you don't, none of this was just like, oh, this is super easy. Um, it was, you know, um, but the, but then, um, I just wanted to approach the mothers from Trinity Grace, um, and, um, sent out like a huge email and, um, we had it just like a meeting at my house with, um, prayer, a prayer time and, I said, I'm really praying for another teacher to come alongside me. Um, and Sarah Wang was in the room, and she said, well, I'm, I actually am an ESL teacher, <laughs> if you would like help. So um, I, again, hadn't, I didn't know her, really. Um, we had done Alpha a couple times together, but it was, um, again, such a God moment of putting something together that was mm. beyond my, my ability to, to find her. So... So now, mother to mother, you know, you you use this phrase that your aim is to provide holistic care for families in this community that you, you know, first felt prompted to, to reach out to. And but you're beyond just ESL classes now. Can you just say a few sentences about that? Yeah, I think uh, we're slowly developing. Um, we just got um, our incorporation uh, a few weeks ago, so we're on our way to being a nonprofit. Nice. <laughs> That's a simple process in um, New yeah, York, was, isn't it? That was easy Just too. One paper. <laughs> um, and again, was a guy that uh, the law school, the Albany Law School, we got in touch with through Zach Martin, and they weren't taking anyone on in the summer, but the guy just liked the picture and <laughs> the idea and took us on. So, oh. um, and yeah, we now are we do English classes, and we did a student-led summer program where they made pinatas and chocolate and all sorts of stuff. And we've done school 
drives and supplies drives and just basically like trying to pay attention to what people are asking needing help for <laughs> so fantastic well um yeah thank you for for telling that story thank you for the work that mother to mother is doing in in <laughs> yeah. new york and uh, tyler i'd love to hear you know I think it's amazing. Brittany hears from God, and it, it, the end result is this organization that's helping so many more people than just her, her, her family, and this you know sort of expanding results. But there's a lot more times if we're cultivating a rich relationship with God, where we're hearing from Him in more ordinary circumstances, and it might be you know this, the response might be go forgive your your. Your, your child or your friend or your spouse and it's more ordinary circumstances so tell us a little bit about in the day-to-day of how you hear from God yeah I think oftentimes um, we think if I hear from God it's going to equal me doing this amazing thing um, but I think in the more day-to-day we hear from God it is him shaping our character into the image of Jesus um, so one way that I often hear from God is just through the practice of solitude I'm someone that busies myself a lot. I like to have a lot of activity going on in my life. And so by just sitting quietly for a few minutes in the presence of God, because it takes all performance out of relating to God. And and Mm -hmm. it's, it's just me being in God's presence. And I often hear from him in that. And, um, typically it has to do with little things in my character that have kind of emerged during the week. And Mm -hmm. instead of becoming actions, those things become prayers. You know, they become prayers that I continue to pray um, to reform my character. And so what I do is I just jot down what I feel like God is speaking to me during the week. And then every Sabbath, which which I practice once a week, I go back and just look through the things that God has spoken to me that week and pray through those and, and see, like, are these being pressed down into my heart? Is the words... Are the words that God has spoken to me being used to actually form and shape my character and who I am? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, pulling the mystery of relating to a, a majestic eternal being that we can't mm-hmm. see um, is is pulling that down into the reality of how our human relationships work can be a helpful equivalent to go back and understand mm-hmm. the other side. And, and any relationship that's going to be deep and meaningful, there's going to be talking there's going to be listening, and there's probably going to be some responding to what you've heard because if you just talk and listen and you never take action on what the other person cares about, then you're sort of mm-hmm. limiting the capacity. But that we have this incredible invitation to listen to God in all these different arenas um, and then to respond and then to talk back and, and just to build that that intimacy in that way. So uh, if you're uh, listening to this and you're a part of our church or listening in from from, from the city uh, a simple exercise is, is just to begin praying, God, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your voice. Will you speak to me? And and then look for the ways God begins to answer that. And then as, as he answers, uh, you know, what, what are the ways that you can take simple action steps to move forward in, in engaging that relationship and, and deepening it? And then all of a sudden we're, we're in this space of, of relationship, which I, I feel like is... What God wanted when He made the world was a, a, you know, a space where we could really commune with Him and with one another. I think that's how Jesus summed up the most essential aspects of life: love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength; love your neighbor as yourself. So, yeah, and I just want to point out: I think it's really important what you said at the end there—that if you're going to ask for the voice of God, 
just fair warning. You'll mm-hmm. get it. So be ready to do something with it. The difference between the hardened heart and the good soil is just response to the voice of God. It's when the seed lands on your heart, you do something with it. And so I would just say, be prepared to take a step of obedience that terrifies you if you mm-hmm. want the voice of God. Fantastic. Thanks for being here, Brittany. Yeah, Thank you. For me. Absolutely. All right. See you guys next time. <laughs>